Hey everyone, it's MJ from the Editing Bay here. My mic in this episode is going to sound awful because there was apparently a Windows update that reset all of the input device settings. So anything I had done in Windows in the past to get my mic under control, it just maxed out everything. And I didn't know about that until after we had recorded this episode. So it's just going to sound like that. Uh, My apologies in advance because it sounds pretty bad. But, uh, you know, thanks, Bill Gates. Is it a tiger? Is it a shark? Yes, but not just a shark. Well, then what is it? Tiger plus a shark. What, 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 tiger shark? Oh, what? Shark. Oh, what? Tiger shark. Gonna kill all these people weeping so. But the gray white is coming. Oh no, oh no. Hello, and welcome to Let's Jaws for a Minute, the podcast which takes a deep dive into Steven Spielberg's 1975 classic film Jaws, minute by minute or thereabouts. My name is Sarah Buttery. I'm MJ Smith, and this week we are joined by a guest. Second uh, time's a charm. Uh, <laughs> this is this is a re-record. But uh, Kyle Davies, welcome back to the episode that we tried doing yesterday. <laughs> Thank you for having me again. Um, yes, how are you, how are you both? Good. Uh, you know. Yeah, I. Um... <laughs> I have several uh, broken bones. In case anyone has seen my seen my Twitter, I uh, had a, a a tumble in the in the week and fractured my ankle and my elbow. So I am podcasting from my bed, which is the dedication that you would come to expect on this uh, on this fine show. And uh, yeah, so I've been better, but thank you for asking. I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Kyle. We have to get this out of the way, as I understand you are recording from Amity Town Hall. Uh, you sent us a picture um, where the beaches are closed, uh, presumably because of snow as well yes. in your area. Did, did it snow where you are? Yes, yeah, it's quite deep. Yeah. Well, I say um, quite deep. It's about a foot. Oh, okay. I mean, that's that's more snow than I get any, <laughs> any time of year, so... Um, yeah, but uh, so will you tell us your uh, personal history with, with Jaws and um, just kind of what draws you to it and, and uh, your love of the film? Yeah, um, thinking back, I think it was um, it being taped off TV in the UK um, and I saw it then on there when I was about 10 or 11 Um and sort of fell in love with it straight away. I'd probably seen Jaws 2 more than the original film um, <clears throat> before that, and um, which I love. I love Jaws 2. I think it's it's a good film. Um, but also, growing up by the by the beach, I, I lived five minutes from the beach when I was a kid, and you know there were basking sharks some, one summer, um, and yeah, and 
I became obsessed with Jaws at around 1996, I would say, where I've probably watched it once a month um, since then, which was, wow. um, yeah, so I've seen it a lot. Um, and it's, it's one of those films that if I sort of come across it um, on TV, I'll end up watching it all. Um, if it's re-released, they'll go to the cinema. Um, one of my favourite cinema experiences was just me and my dad um, watching it in the screen all by ourselves. Um, my dad oh. gave me, me my love of film, so that, that was really cool. Um, and on, I watched it once on Brighton Beach, which sort of give you quadraphonic seagulls and the sea. Um, <laughs> so yes, I, I watch it a lot. Um, and as you said, I'm sat in Amity Town Hall, which has walls adorned with Jaws posters from around the world and other little bits of art. So yeah, um, yeah, it's my favourite film. I think is the the short of yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think you've made that point abundantly clear uh, with that. I I don't know if I can I can touch that. Um, what I will say is, so I live in a town known for its oil production. Um, it, the the biggest thing probably internationally that uh, my area of the United States is known for is there will be blood takes place here, although it's never explicitly mentioned that it takes place here but um uh paul thomas anderson lived here for a few months uh to research the film and he was given kind of unprecedented access to kind of the history of oil drilling in this area um through our local museum and one time the uh alamo draft house put on a screening here where they screened the film at the museum where he had done the research and it was really cool to sit there and watch the film and then look to the left and be like, oh, hey, that's in the movie. <laughs> like the, 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 that's one of the oil derricks that they, they constructed for the movie. And they made, you know, they based it off this design and this architecture and, and things like that. And so, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to have that with uh, uh, obviously Jaws, but, but just more films in general, that sort of immersive cinematic experience. Nice. I think like authentically immersive as well like they do the sort of um, I don't know if it's a thing in, in America but here they do like the secret cinema screenings and mm -hmm. they're, they're fine they're very expensive um, mm. but they sort of go all in on the really immersive cinema experiences and I am just waiting for them to do Jaws but I for for maximum authenticness i would really love it if it happened like on martha's vineyard and i couldn't put a price on how much i would pay to be there uh, to be like where jaws was actually filmed and watch yeah. jaws and have like a fully immersive experience i think would just be the best thing ever but yeah it's i, I love when they when cinema screenings sort of sometimes go the extra mile in those things and yeah. and make it that bit more special so yeah, I'm incredibly jealous, Kyle, of your watching Jaws on the Beach experience. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it was amazing. Um, I think we talked about this in um, our interview part one, but um, <laughs> watching it on the water would be mm. 
um, equally exciting and terrifying. Um, and I think it's the Alamo Draft House who who did the extreme one um, with mm-hmm. scuba divers pulling people under when people died on the screen and they fed the fish. So you know, had fish going round your legs. Um, I can't go in swimming pools, so you know, I I don't think I'd be very good at um, watching Jaws whilst in the water. Um, you know, I can get half a length, and I've just got to hear an an E and an F um, in my head, and I am out of the water, sharpish. Um, but yeah. And obviously, my my favourite ride at Universal Studios Orlando was the Jaws ride. I was mm-hmm. um, saddened when that um, left. Um, and the plan is at some point to go to Japan because it's the only place now that has um, the Jaws ride as a as not part of a a tour. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, that um. That Jaws ride, it wasn't good by today's standards, but it was so cool to just be in the world of Amity. Yeah. Um, they knocked it down to build the Harry Potter land. And there's in one of the, the shops that they built, there's a fo- I, I tried to see if I could find one, like if, if I could find one on eBay to, to purchase, like if they cycled it out. But in the, because it's, I guess it looks, it's supposed to look like London and then you go into Diagon Alley. I haven't been to Harry Potter World in Orlando. I've just been to the one in, in Hollywood. But in the record shop that's in the part that's supposed to still be London, there's like a 1950s, let me see if I can drop this in the Discord, beachy looking, um, uh, record. Right. Because it's supposed to be a record store, and the title of the record is "Here's to Swimming with Bowlegged Women" by the Quint Trio. <laughs> <laughs> I know in one of the because I've been to the um, Diagonal Alley in Orlando, and they have a set of um, shark's teeth as a, like a jaws in one of the windows of the shop windows. Um, I mm. don't know if the interactive wand works with it. Um, but yeah, we had gone to Florida just before the ride closed and it didn't get announced till we got back and I emailed, um, (laughs) Universal because I was wondering if you could buy the ride operator t-shirt then, um, because they had really Mm. cool Amity Bow Tour t-shirts and within five minutes our, our home phone rang and my wife, my wife shouted up the stairs saying, Universal are on the phone. They want to speak to you. <laughs> um, the dream call. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, my script for Jaws 4 or Jaws 5. I don't count. Jaws 5. Adventures of Jaws film has been accepted. But it was, a, it was a very lovely lady who explained that because the ride was still open in, J- in Japan for security reasons, they couldn't. Mm. Um, that's not to say that they haven't appeared on um, eBay from time to time. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I know uh, Weird Al ran into a similar issue, sort of. He So he has a song about being a, a skipper on the Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. 
and someone smuggled out a, an official skipper uniform to him and it's super illegal but he performs in it on stage wow <laughs> yeah yeah i i, I it, it was just the most impressive um piece of customer service ever that you know <laughs> I thought I'd get an email yeah. back with a no, but they were like, nope, we're going to phone him. Um, yeah, that's a, that's above and beyond. Yeah. Like I said, for 30 <laughs> seconds, I thought my script had been bought, but um, uh, yeah, it was next, next time. Jaws 5. What is it? Jaws 5, Ellen Brody, Shark Killer. Yes. <laughs> I, I was going for a grandkid. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, not really, but um, yeah, I don't think it's sure. ever. Played by it's... Millie Bobby Brown. We'll get Millie Bobby Brown in <laughs> yeah. there to play uh, uh, Quince, Quince uh, uh, out of wedlock granddaughter. <laughs> if you're listening, you Universal, you've got my Ford number, Universal. Just get in touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, off on a tangent. Um. Yeah, that went that went off the rails almost immediately. <laughs> um, so this week's scene, we are talking about the timestamp is uh, twenty six minutes and five seconds through twenty seven minutes and forty one seconds. Uh, I got it right this time. I, I didn't have to get halfway through talk halfway through the podcast before we mentioned it. Um, this scene takes place right after, obviously, the previous scene, but right after B- Brody flipping through the books and uh, Charlie and Den Holler? Den Holder. Den Holder. Den Herder. Yes. <laughs> I was going to bed last night going, Den Herder. Den Herder. Den Herder. Was, those are my final thoughts going to bed last night because I did not get his name right a single time. <laughs> Um, when we I recorded believe, I believe this yesterday, it's from the Dutch for Nerf Herder, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Sorry. Yeah, I think I th- that 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 sounds right. Um, so Den Herder and Charlie are on the dock. They've sent the roast out to be uh, makeshift chum for the the shark, and they have the tube floating on top of the water as sort of a bobber. Um, and then they get a bite, which is what you want as a fisherman. And then, uh, their joy turns to horror in seconds because the shark very powerfully rips, uh, rips the dock from its, 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 uh, solid place and breaks it in half. And Charlie falls in the water. And as soon as the shark is done, eating the pot roast it <laughs> turns around on a dime in the water and makes a a, a beeline or a shark line for <laughs> charlie and it uh chases him and, and charlie successfully gets back up onto the dock but he is spooked and then we see the the floating piece of the dock just sort of gently coast up to the shore and that's the end of the scene so, um, what did you guys notice about about the scene uh, first, or, or the big things that jumped out to you guys? 
um, yeah, um, because I, I really like this scene, um, and I've always considered it um, the calm before the storm, um, even though it's quite tense. Um, you know, from the next scene onwards, it's people going out in the boats, um, Hooper arrives and everything. And I think it's coming off of um, Brody looking through the books um, and a bit of trivia. Most of the pictures are from the February 1968 National Geographic magazine. Um uh, which I have a copy of, um, but but yes. So he's looking at it, and it's all about damage, the damage a shark can do. So you have the mangled leg in the book, um, and then you see the strength of a shark as he pulls the pilings of a pier um, and brings the pier down. Uh, and I, I've I've always thought of the rubber ring, um, the inner tube um, thing kind of matches Chrissy in that it dips once, dips again, and then it gets pulled out, and then the sort of the force um, happens. And then Charlie being in the water, I've never been so scared of a bit of wood. Um, because as soon as it's, as soon as it turns and starts going for, you know, going after him, it's like, obviously, Charlie can swim faster than Michael Phelps, um, <laughs> as you discussed last week, um, because he gets there, and for for the, for that briefest of moments when his feet are still touching the water, and he's scrambling up there, you think, oh, this, this is it, Charlie's gone, because you have the music, and it's the first time... Um, the music has come there and you haven't really had a death. Um, you know, I, I, I think I equate it to the same as Halloween when you're the and Michael yep. isn't in the mirror. Um, so, so yeah. And yeah, that it, it is in and of itself one of the most terrifying pieces of cinema um and it gives you that release then um you know you're 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 put off balance because now the music could signify a death or it couldn't it might not you know you never really know um where bruce is going to pop up yeah that's that's a really good point actually and we will probably continue to speak about how effective the score is in Jaws in sort of standing in for the physical shark. So we all know about the technical problems that they had with the shark was frequently uh, very unreliable, even more unreliable than our um, recording software sometimes is. Um, and they had to put something in in place, in, in place of the shark. And that thing is is the score. But yeah prior to this point when we sort of heard that what we would recognize as the jaws theme um it has i think in all cases apart from this then been followed by a death so first with chrissy and then with um alex kentner and it's also uh, right that we 
only ever hear the score when the the shark is present so you sort of have the the fake out a bit later when the kids have got the cardboard fin and you think or you know part of your brain is going the shark is there it must be i can see the fin there's people running out of the water in chaos but what you'll notice in that scene is that you do not hear the score at all so mm. yeah it, it plays an incredibly important part in in this scene and in so many other scenes as well but one thing that really really stood out to me in this scene was the sound design as well so this is we frequently big up the sound design um mj is an audio engineer so it is always the thing that he picks up on but it's yeah it's something that i'm becoming more and more aware of as well because i i watch sort of with headphones on so i'm picking up everything and it's so great in this scene the the sound of the chain as it's sort of like being pulled off the dock is really loud um the splashing in the water as well when when charlie is is pulled out and is in the water and is struggling the sound of him screaming for help as well is all so great and my favorite piece of sound uh use in this scene is the sound that the dock makes when it slowly sort of turns back towards um back towards charlie to to pursue him and it's just so effectively done and everything in this scene is executed perfectly from the the use of the score and the the sound design to the way it's shot as well and yeah what sort of might seem to be a relatively inconsequential scene because it doesn't end in a death um there's still an awful lot in it and it's really spielberg playing a pretty good trick on the audience as well because everything leads you to suspect that this is going to end in death and then it doesn't and again another thing we've spoken about in previous episodes quite a bit is that those parallels between comedy and horror where the the release of tension is either going to come in the form of a laugh or a gag um or a scare and everything within you is telling you that this scene is going to end in a scare is going to end in in death and blood um but instead it ends in a laugh and it's a pretty good laugh as well because it's a great echo of the line that we saw in the previous scene because charlie is really not feeling being out in this little boat and would (laughs) rather be at home so he sort of repeats his own line back to himself where at the end of the end of this scene and his very traumatic experience uh with the the shark and his near escape he is then sort of like can we go home now like (laughs) he's really had it by this point and it's that weird thing you don't see the shark's point of view so really, you mm. should have been given the clue that, you know, everything's going to be all right. But the, the like I said, the noise of the turn, and it goes, um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, so in one of the books I read that someone equates the two pieces of wood um, sticking out of, out of the water of the pier as the devil's horns. Um, I don't know if that's uh, an opinion I subscribe to, um, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 horrifying, um, and I always find I raise my feet off the floor whenever I'm watching <laughs> that bit, and I don't know why, um, but yeah, yeah, this scene is is great. First off, while you guys were talking, I muted my mic and found 
a copy of the National Geographic from February 1968 on eBay for $5, and it's on its way to my house now. Yes. Uh, (laughs) It's a good read. And, uh, yeah, I had no idea that they came from that. We had this conversation on last week's episode, actually. We did. Whether or not it was a book that they had found or if they had stitched together pieces of different books or if it was several different books and they just hid them switching out the books by cutting back to Brody. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think it's three books and that magazine. Um, hmm. That's good for $5. I pay... I know. That's... Yeah. That's why I pulled the trigger on it. I was like, oh, this is $5? Hell yeah. And it's one of those pieces of Jaws memorabilia not everyone will get. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the I have a 1974 um, Narragasset can of beer. Um, yes. Because if you bought the 1975, is... it was a different design. Yeah, they went back to that 74 um because they were in danger of not existing anymore and then they they flipped and and they got bought out by a bigger company and then they flipped into like let's lean really heavily into the one thing that we're known for which is being in jaws and the beer that quint drinks (laughs) and so now every can that you can buy uh looks like that that can like they their their uh their slogan is crush it like quint like when he crushes the the can um so and you can buy like all kinds of merch on their website that has like quint on it and him with the can and uh stuff like that but it's only available up from the east coast into like it expands a little bit every year i've been watching it since they did the rebranding creep closer and closer to the west coast where i am um so it's, it's somewhere in the middle of the country but every fourth of july I always check their website to be like, well, okay, where did it get to you this year? Can I go buy it at my local uh, liquor store this year? So um, eventually, also we might be moving to the middle of the country this year. So, uh, you know, that's that's actually just, weirdly- Just to be closer? Uh, no, no, my wife's <laughs> gonna be going to school. Um, but it it is one of those things where when I found out that Texas is one of the places we might move to, I was like, well, I know they have it there. <laughs> Yeah, my can was empty though, it's, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the urge to crush it so is like quite thing. But then it's like I don't want to wreck it. It's, um, yeah, you know. yeah. Um, anyway, so this so, scene in particular, I hadn't. I, I feel like it's a scene that I've always kind of taken for granted. Like I've always felt like it's sort of connective tissue between major events. Like not, I don't want to say that the movie's killing time because I don't think there's a moment of wasted screen time in Jaws, but uh, it does feel a little inconsequential, all things considered. Like, this private attack, it almost feels sort of like a repeat of Chrissy, sort of, um, just like it's kind of similar lighting, it's um, just two isolated people, they're obviously on the other side of the island. Um, But watching this in the vacuum of watching it minute by minute this scene is so scary mm-hmm. and you guys have both touched on on kind of everything that makes it scary but it is so i think something i learned about myself too is that the sound of people screaming in water is completely terrifying to me which is weird i've never 
been around anyone who's been in danger in the water, to my knowledge. Uh, I mean, the closest I can think is my brother's dog fell in the pool while I was over there one time, and we immediately saved it when it was a puppy. So yeah. that's the that's the closest I've been to a situation even remotely close to uh, someone being in danger in the water. But the way this is, I think it's the way they mix it. They bring the the sound of the water just a hair above the sound of them asking for help and screaming. Mm-hmm. And it makes it feel like the, for lack of a better word, that the, the, the water is drowning out their noises that they're making, asking for help. Now, granted, uh, D- Den Holler, did I get it right? Den Holder. Den Herder. Den Herder. <laughs> this is not a bit. This is not a bit, by the way. I feel like I need to clarify that. I'm not just doing like a joke for the show. Den Herder uh, is sober, presumably, or they're both dad drunk, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. This was this was definitely like 3 a.m. We've been listening to records too long and drinking, and we've we've switched from beer to the whiskey to just doing shots. <laughs> Uh, hair-brained idea, but he can hold Den Herder. I got it right. Can hold his alcohol. Uh, uh, it seems like a bit better than Tom, and so he can he can uh, help Charlie out a little bit more. But it's very there's something about the way that mix happens every time uh, that is very scary to me. Uh, and it's not just because the ADR in the scene is horrific, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. It, it's it's really 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 well mixed and um just hearing that i mean it's always a movie that i know has sounded good but and i've mentioned this before but like it sounds so good on a pair of headphones just right in front of it and it's very immersive and just the scariest thing and like watching that bit of doc turn around even though we've kind of established that sharks can't turn on a dime though they can fart uh uh, (laughs) that's what a shark says um when it farts so uh yeah when we tried to record this yesterday we were wondering if sharks made noise and i googled it and they can't but there was also a question that said can sharks fart and i a hundred percent needed to know the answer to that question as did my uh comrades on this this episode <laughs> with me and it turns out that sand sharks uh they will consume air and then fart to propel themselves to deeper depths so yes is the answer but uh this shark does not do that this shark does not fart its way in a circle it does not have a, yeah. a, a side anyway the logistics of that are not something we need to get into um <laughs> But watching it turn on the dime, like it, it, it just was like, oh, the real, the real treat is is back this way. Um, it's so scary, and it, it just makes you feel the helplessness of Charlie in that moment. Of just like this thing is gonna kill no matter what. Like this is the only thing it's built to do. Like, um, is that Hooper who says it or Quint later on? Yeah, that, 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 you know, this thing is just, all it does is swim and eat. And it's so scary. And and it feels, I mean, like you said, like a home. And make baby. 
Um, at the actual shark, not the song. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a. <laughs> just just um, a one of the. Uh, do you think the 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 do do do's in Baby Shark are Baby Shark farts? A hundred percent. That's the noise. That's the noise that baby sharks make when they fart. Well, if it's doo doo, surely that's sure. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's followed through. Yeah, it's gone wrong. And <laughs> as I pointed out yesterday, even though I don't recognise Jaws: The Revenge as a film, um, it does have a shark roaring in it, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I think. Um, yeah, they should they should retcon Jaws with a roar when he comes out um, with uh, Brody <laughs> initially. You come chum some of this, and he goes shh, <laughs> um, which is my Chewbacca impression. I um, <laughs> sorry, it works yes, in all occasions. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh... <laughs> But it is, ter- it is terrifying, and um, uh, and we sort of discussed a bit yesterday whether Charlie's check is light yellow and black, mm-hmm. and I've checked it again today on the 4K edition, and yes, I, w- I, I will um, officially say that it is light yellow and black. Mm. Yeah, a little known fact about Jaws: The Revenge is that um, the shark is actually also played by Peter Mayhew in that movie. <laughs> oh, so that's, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we 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 nailed it. Um, yeah, that <laughs> just thinking of the the yellow that was something that I was really looking out for because it wasn't super clear in in the scene last week whether his jacket was yellow or not, and we talked yeah. about them sort of using this day for night um, filming technique and. It's slightly lighter in this scene than it was in the in the previous scenes. So, but that was beneficial because it meant that we were able to, even without 4K, I just watched it on regular Blu-ray, that I was able to see that it was yellow. And that is not our only uh, instance of yellow in this scene as well. So there is a yellow bit of rope, which is on the bit of the jetty uh, or the dock that the shark pulls out. And we see that particularly clearly when it sort of washes up on the beach again at the end. So again, you get those parallels with Alex Kintner's uh, raft and the just the way that sort of like debris then like washes up on the beach. It's very kind of like similar motion, but then also it the the piece of wood having that yellow rope on it is obviously you know we've we've spoken at length about the significance of yellow in this film. So um, that's an important sort of visual motif as well and. Also, there's a real focus on feet and on legs uh, in Jaws in general, but a lot in this scene. And that sort of carries over nicely from what we saw in the previous scene where you sort of see all those really gross graphic images of legs being bitten in half and skin hanging off of legs and stuff. And we see in a few scenes time, someone's leg get bitten off and fast forwarding to Quint's death as well. It's the, the legs that go in first with Chrissy. It's the, the legs that are grabbed first as well. So, which is, you know, what we would expect. Uh, the way the shark is attacking is from underneath. So that's the thing it gets to first. But 
Um, Charlie's shoes uh, also have like bright yellow soles, which is, I mean, it's it's a fashion choice, uh, but I respect <laughs> it, and it clearly uh, meant something in this scene <laughs> at least because we see his feet quite a bit um, kicking and and struggling to when he's being pulled up. Um, the real sort of focus is on his legs and just like how close he is to danger as well. And yeah, it's something that we've sort of mentioned um quite a bit is uh the parallels in this scene with previous scenes as well and i think kyle you mentioned right at the top about um the the tire and the the movement of that when it's being pulled under is very similar to when chrissy is being pulled underwater i mentioned just now the uh the piece of wood washing up on the beach similar to alex uh alex's raft after he's been killed um and yeah, so a lot of sort of things that we've seen before and even if you're not doing a minute by minute breakdown, I feel like there will be certain little triggers in seeing those familiar things and being like, oh, I recognize this. I know where this is going. And then, like I said, you know, you're being tricked to thinking that this scene is going to pan out in a certain way and then it doesn't. But also in um, Charlie's cries for help and i'm with you mj it's really horrifying to sort of hear someone scream out for help in in that way and i find this scene even more horrifying i think than than chrissy's because when chrissy is yelling for help she is alone and that part of your brain has kind of already written her off because you're like she is alone out there there is no one to help her so you are kind of knowing where that is going to go but what makes this scene so scary is the fact that it could go either way charlie is both incredibly close to danger um and also really really close to being helped because his pal is is still up on the dock and is you know trying to pull him up pull him up and grabbing his hand and almost being being closer to being rescued is somehow scarier because you're just like oh this really could go either way and you're not quite sure which way it's going to go at, at this point and it's kind of like the quint thing of the uss indianapolis when he said the most worrying time was when they were getting picked up hmm. um and it's kind of that with the feet and you, you're like if he gets done now he's so close to um surviving um that yeah it's just yeah it's horrific um yeah (laughs) is 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 i'm gonna get it right i know i'm gonna get it right this time is den herders (laughs) yeah that made me feel like a child who just did something right (laughs) um you did it i'm proud of you mj i'm gonna get you a sticker (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hooray! Is uh, is Den Herder's jacket also yellow, or is it like a greenish brown? I th- I th- yeah, I think it's a very, very light brown, um, like uh, Chief Brody's. Um, it's obviously a, a fashion choice in Amity. Um, <laughs> that light brown jacket, um, light brown ja- jacket color. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, I don't think we've explicitly stated this. It's kind of insane 
how much yellow is actually in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like everyone kind of knows, like, oh yeah, you know, yellow is the motif because it's pretty in your face when it when it is yeah. to show up with like the the raft that Alex Kidner's on and the barrels and the you know the 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 is it called the natural wife of the people walking in front of the camera? Yeah, there's a lot of yellow in that, and so people kind of implicitly catch on to that. But it's every damn where in this movie, like it is a constant reminder of the presence of the shark. I think, yeah, in Antonio Quirk's book for the BFI on Jaws, there's a whole section. I think, if I remember correctly, there's a whole section on yellow. Um, and also, obviously, um, Brody's he, he is a big Coldplay fan. Um, <laughs> so he has that. I, I didn't bring up my Den Herder theory. That's a, I, I believe Den Herder is the man who, during the meeting with the mayor and the town council, um, mm. is the one who says... Is the three thousand dollars in cash or check, um, <laughs> and I believe that's him, and and I think Charlie and Den Herder get drunk on Quint's gut rot that they've bought a bottle <laughs> off him, and and it's that that's caused them to think they can go out and catch a shark um, from a pier. Now, you two are probably too young to remember. But the Australian um, soap opera, Home and Away, um, probably in the early 90s, had a shark, a shark problem. Um, there was a shark issue. He killed um, a guy on a surfboard board called um, um, Rory. And they caught that shark just by f- fishing off the beach. Um, so I, I think they had nicked Charlie and Den Herder's idea. Um, but yeah, home and away in the early nineties. Yeah, I... <laughs> we I didn't mean... get a lot of import stuff here until basically streaming happened. Oh, there's no need to go back to watch it. Um, while it was a terrifying storyline. Um, oh, but if you like good Australian soap operas, home and away is um, worth a watch. Um, but yes, but yeah, they get drunk on quints get rot and they go out um and uh, and i will stand by that opinion um (laughs) (laughs) i am really into this theory it makes more damn sense than the freaking first mates ran off with each other and started a pottery studio or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah we've got into some like wild fanfic before um it's a real it's a real dark place in the internet to fall into but um yeah Mm. i read that whole thing after you sent that to us mj and it was quite uh eye-opening i guess um but (laughs) (laughs) this this theory of of den herder actually makes more sense well it it makes a whole lot more sense i think even mj (laughs) your time travel theory makes more sense than um that insane fan fiction story but yeah i i I didn't go i was gonna go back uh today and watch that town meeting scene to see if they if it is the same guy i i think it is um and also it sort of tracks with that character i guess because he is the first one to pipe up and make a bit of a wise crack and sort of say you know 
is clearly keen to get the bounty and that was something we mentioned on yeah. on last week's episode is that whilst it appears that these fishermen are you know uh, not the smartest because they sort of take out quite rudimentary tools to try and catch what is clearly a huge shark they're also kind of smart because they've decided to go out at night and get ahead of the curve because as we see the next day the whole world and his pooch is out trying to catch the shark so they have done what is sort of the clever thing and got ahead of the crowd to try and go out and get the shark and the remark that that character makes if if we can assume there is den herder in the town meeting it makes a lot of sense because you know he's clearly he's got the money at the front of his mind so straight after that that town meeting like you said they've got some of this uh this liquor and they have sat down and been like okay we can go out and get this shark right now which is basically what we were saying last week mj so i think we're really smart maybe and either that or we've just taken on the insane task of breaking this movie down minute by minute yeah little, little from column a little from column b <laughs> but sure. even in in the script he's called selectman den herder so it makes sense he would sit up the top table with the mayor and um bad hat harry and the other <laughs> prominent members of the amity community um but yeah um yeah. Uh, well, I just scrubbed back and forth, and it looks like it's a hundred percent the same guy. Oh yeah, it totally is. <laughs> Yay! It's the first time I've been right about something. <laughs> uh. It's the first time we fact checked something whilst we've been recording. So <laughs> nice. Normally we're it's just no, like, I fact checked. Right. <laughs> I fact checked whether or not whether or not sharks make noise. Oh yeah. Which led us yep. to the revelation of shark farts. Yeah, there's a two there's a two hour director's cut of this episode um that has an hour and fifty nine minutes of shark fart talk. <laughs> uh, there was a lot we did about ten minutes on shark farts. We did. Yeah. <laughs> we just had a tight ten hour, the the shark fart bit. <laughs> I still didn't go and get Shark Exorcist last night. Um, mm, yeah, I, I totally meant to. <laughs> yeah, I there are a a number of not very good shark films out there with insane logic. I think we because we were talking about there is a film called Sand Sharks. So the the Sand Sharks that MJ mentioned being able to fart, supposedly, um, is not the subject of the 2011 uh, shark film Sand Sharks, which is literally about sharks in the sand. Um, and yeah, that has sent us down a whole a whole other route of um, terrible shark films. And I would love the good listeners and you, Kyle, to watch Shark Exorcist because I don't want to be the only person who's seen it because it's... I would be willing to say it's probably the worst film i've ever seen um and i've seen a lot of Ooh. rubbish films but it was oh it's 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 awful i mean if anyone thinks that jaws of revenge is bad i would like to raise them a shark exorcist and say you're wrong uh jaws the revenge is a masterpiece compared to shark exorcist 
So this is insane to me because you love the room. So a movie has yep. to be so bad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. To get that say. seal from you. The Room is unironically uh, in my top films of all time because it's genuinely one of the funniest films I've ever seen and I stand by this. I've never seen it. <laughs> never seen it. Maybe we should do a minute-by-minute minute breakdown of The Room. Hmm. <laughs> no. I will find another co-host for that one. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I really... There's oh, There's only a handful of films that I think I could do this format for and... I'm glad that we're doing Jaws and not The Room because I think that would probably break me and make me hate it. And I don't want that for me. I really don't. <laughs> we did then go on to the the wonderful Sharktopus um, and the amazing theme song mm-hmm. um, of Sharktopus. Because it's the <laughs> ultimate worry for me. Sharks that can walk on land. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love sharks. I'm... Uh, um, but yeah, I never want to meet one in the street. Nope. Um, sure. <laughs> like know. street. Like, are you referring to the the cartoon Street Sharks? <laughs> Is that cartoons? Oh, see, I've missed all this. Um, <laughs> they were like a. They were basically the Ninja Turtles, but sharks. I think is what they're. They were like a. They were like a motorcycle gang, mm-hmm. like sharks. Doesn't sound. That's scary. gotta be a West Side Story reference is it oh maybe i had street sharks toys when i was a kid i remember that i never watched the show but i had some of the toys we we had over here sharky and jaws um george um who were crime busters of the sea and they were both sharks but they solved um marine based crimes um <laughs> as opposed to coming on land mm-hmm Mm-hmm. very much remains in their in their area in their domain rather than coming into our world which is well your that's fear. the deal me and sharks have i don't mm-hmm. go in the sea they don't come on land um <laughs> everyone knows where they you stand know. you know they keep their turf you keep yours yeah yeah um i, I like the idea of turf <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah yeah they'll keep their surf <laughs> mm. Oh, you keep your turn. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we yeah, the pier. Um, with um, with the pier, you know, with John Landis working on it. Um, mm-hmm. which, which um we haven't brought up. Um, so John Landis had made his first film Schlock in 1971. They came out in 73. Um, but then it wasn't until 77 he did Kentucky Fried Movie. So in between those times, he obviously picked up some work building the breakaway pier um, from this scene. Um, so yes, um, yeah, I went back and fact-checked. I've never seen Schlock. Um, <laughs> yeah, me neither. But yeah, but yeah, that was just one of those. And it's weird, and I don't want to preempt your your, your shows going forward. Um, but obviously, John was it John Carpenter's girlfriend is the girl on the like low on the billboard, based on what? her. I've never heard that. I mean, <laughs> may- maybe it sounds right. <laughs> if I say anything with any conviction, yeah, um, no, but yeah, if I if I. <laughs> If I remember correctly, 
but yeah, if you want to cut this bit out, obviously, I don't want to preempt um, you having that scene because um, that's you know, um, that's. Not I mean, we've me. seen the billboard. Hmm? We've seen the billboard in at the beginning when he drives by it. Yes, in which case, keep this in, and I sound right. <laughs> De Palma. Uh, it was Brian De Palma's girlfriend. Oh, I knew it was somebody's uh, girlfriend. There we go. Oh, De Palma. There you go. It was, um... <laughs> yeah. I, little things just stick in my brain. Um, <laughs> especially if they're Jaws-related. Um, and, and also the fact that um, there's ADR on this scene. Um... And it wasn't just done once. Um, they did ADR and then they decided to do ADR again with a different set of actors. So really, Charlie's played by three people and so is Nerf Herder. Um, <laughs> which is his which name is now. Oh, I'm going to call him out yeah. from now on. Um, I'll have an easier time remembering that. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, although I re I just I like the build up every time you're you're gonna say it and I'm like playing a little game with myself <laughs> of like will you get it right or will you get it wrong and I have been incorrect most of the times I've tried to guess. <laughs> is is that a case? I've been incorrect most of the times I've tried to say it. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're we're on the same we're on the same track. But um, yeah, I, I... like that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> the it's, little, it's the a little bit things. Of... Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of Schakenfreude. <laughs> I love it. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know what to do with that now. I have no... That leveled me. That, I, that was so funny that I can't laugh at it. Like, it's my brain... Not that it's... It was so funny, it broke my brain in two. <laughs> oh, shock and Freude. That might be the funniest thing I've ever heard anyone say in person. <laughs> I know we're not, like, in the same room, but, like, to me. Holy moly. <laughs> That's so good. Which is a stand-up comedian. I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> yeah, that was... I don't think I ever would have gotten there, ever. <laughs> Little you could have you know. put those two words side by side in front of me and been like, you have 24 hours to fit these together or we're going to steal all your money for the rest of your life. And I never would have done it. It was either that or Schadenfinder. But no. I'm just going for it. That one's a lot more labored than yeah. uh, Shark and Florida. <laughs> That's so, it just rolls off the, oh man, it's so fun to say. It is. And it's the theme of the film, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. That's true. Because Brody is right all the way through. That's true. That's kind of the smug sense he has where he's like, I used to hate the water. And he's like, but I just made it safe for all of Amity. <laughs> I feel like this Screw is. Screw you uh, all. Yeah, this is something that's the we uh i mean i guess you own it but we might be using uh throughout the course of this podcast because it's so great you're free works. to have it <laughs> thank you what an honor we are truly not worthy of your of your pun ability <laughs> um 
Yeah, but, that was yeah. next level. That was like expert level. That was like, like, I feel like that was like Miyagi level because I love a good pun, but <laughs> I feel like as someone who recently decided he's into Karate Kid because he watched Cobra Kai, but none of the other movies, uh, <laughs> I feel like that was uh, something I, I just learned from a true master. Pan on, pan off. We might. We'll have to hire you as a like a joke writer for the show, Kyle. Uh, because Brilliant. we're mostly just accidentally funny when we say dumb stuff um, without ever actually being <laughs> legitimately funny. Yeah. So you're hired. Yeah, feel... your jokes come from a, a deep knowledge of language and how to play with it. Ours comes from can't remember words. <laughs> can't remember uh, Ben Herder's name. Yeah. But, yeah. I... I feel less bad now than the fact that last night's recording went wrong because of me, um, and which is why you are free to have Shark and Freude. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was it was all worth it for for that. There we go. Oh, wow. I feel less bad now. <laughs> yeah, the way things have turned out, uh, we are very very happy about. Um, I'm just I'm trying to rack my brains if there's anything else in this scene that we haven't mentioned yet, or if there's anything. I feel like we've peaked, so I'm just. Uh... Yeah, I think Shark and Freud was the <laughs> the 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 peak of of the show, maybe. So yep. welcome to our last episode. <laughs> we will not be back next week. We'll be here. We'll be here. We haven't even met Hooper yet. I'm no, so excited for that. That's next, next week. Yeah, is it next week? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Also, we're hitting about the half hour mark. Mm. Yeah. We are indeed. Yeah. Get in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Almost, almost a quarter of the way through the movie. We're a and quarter of the way through that's... the number of episodes that we're doing, I think, because I can't remember how many episodes we're doing total, but I think we reached a quarter of our episodes, mm. which means we still have many to go. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, but that's that's what I love about this scene as well. I've always considered it the end of the first act. Mm. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you know, as soon as Hooper arrives, that's when things get stirred up. Finally, Brody's got someone who has his back mm. um, and his dinner. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not going to peak Shark and Friday, so I'm going to be quiet for the rest of the episode. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it because none of us are going to peak Shark and Friday. <laughs> uh, Kyle, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for being available to record a second time um, after things went south on the other one. Uh, we appreciate your time to commit to this for a double recording That's session. Okay. That is. That is a first in the history of Let's Jowls for a minute. Um, yep. So, yeah. It, w- uh, it, it was know, my fault. So. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it wasn't your fault. It was It was technology, especially, like I said, Audacity is real robust, but it's still free. And sometimes you get what you pay for. <laughs> and I, I love it. And I recommend everyone who starts a podcast or has an interest in it, Use Audacity, get to know Audacity. It is incredibly powerful, but then sometimes stuff like that happens to it. Like it, yeah. it's happened. I've lost multiple episodes of my other show um, for it, and not 
the good news is this is a movie I love talking about. One of the last episodes of my other show is freaking Jurassic World 2, and I sure as hell wasn't going to do a second recording session of that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, there's that nice shot of the Brontosaurus as in they leave in the island. But that yeah. part is good. Yeah. I like that part. But that's all. That's that's it. Um, but yeah, Kyle, let, let people know where they can find you uh, doing stand-up or, or uh, on social media. I'm on Twitter, and I'm at Kyle Comedian. Um, and yes, that's probably the best place to find my stuff. And there's daily puns. Um, but, and a lot of talk of Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I assume that's what everyone is here for mm-hmm. is yeah. funds and talk of jaws. So go follow, uh, go follow Kyle. Also, good job getting Kyle comedian for your Twitter handle. I know, and it was only two years ago. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- th- that wow. Was, yeah, that that was a, a good day. Um, yeah, that's a uh, wow. Yeah. I really would have expected that to. Uh, not have been the case so would i and now i'm wondering if i've got it wrong <laughs> well, to, no it to is the point th- where I, I had to sign up for snapchat for a thing for class um and my my usual username is mj smith 891 everywhere yeah. and it was taken on snapchat which makes me wonder if i have a snapchat i forgot about <laughs> you must because it's the only thing i can think of but i was pretty upset i was i was pretty burnt about it (laughs) yeah you can find us on uh twitter at jaws for a minute um that's the handle for the show and you can find sarah on twitter at sarah buttery you can find me on twitter at mjsmith891 if you have any feedback for us you can email us at jaws for a minute at gmail.com um if you uh have any questions any feedback uh if you would like leave us a review share us with your friends on uh social media just say hey these people have taken on a monumental task of breaking down jaws minute by minute and talking about it somehow for an hour every week and uh you you should check it out we will be running a new contest Mm -hmm. um once we hit 2000 plays on uh, our uh, 2000 total plays does not matter the platform or anything like that. Uh, just, just go, go play it. And let's see, we are at 1,917 plays. So that's up 12 from yesterday. Mm-hmm. So keep doing it. You guys can do it. I believe in you. We just need what, uh, like 80 something, 70 something more, uh, more plays. 83. Yep, 83. Uh, I'm terrible at math. So, uh, Yeah, uh, if you want to buy merch, we are on TeePublic and Redbubble. And the easiest way to get to that is through the link in the bio on the Jaws for a Minute Twitter account. There's a whole link tree right there um, where you can find podcasts and the swag. And you can also find our coffee account, which is just if you want to say hey and give us uh, a little bit of coin. Um, Sarah's uh, infirm right now, so you can <laughs> you can buy her a coffee and mm-hmm. uh, help lift her spirits uh, a, a bit. We've had two 
uh, uh, donors. So thank you so much to Harley Mumford and Martin Richmond for your uh, generous donations to our coffee page. If you do donate, um, if you're comfortable with it, uh, let us know and we will shout you out during this section of, of the podcast. If you'd rather remain anonymous, that's cool too. Um, yeah, I think that'll do it. We'll be back next week. And until then, it's Jaws o'clock somewhere.